This is Pastor Cody Sturgill. I'm so thankful you're listening today. The Bible commissions us to keep our heart with all diligence. Keeping your heart is a daily work. We need to daily fill our minds with God's Word. Join me as we hear a Bible message from the pulpit of Chilhowee Baptist Church. alive and remain shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air, in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, the rapture of the church takes place. The church, at any moment, can be raptured out of here. I don't have to finish this message. The church can be raptured out of here. We're looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. Have you heard anybody say that? Jesus coming again. And that's good for Christian people. It's good. Jesus coming in. How do you know, preacher, that it's not after the tribulation? Well, Paul, in the inspiration of the Spirit of God, continues this discourse in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. He continues to talk about the rapture of the church. He says, Of the times and the seasons, chapter 5, verse 1, Brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. When's Jesus coming back? I can't predict that. When's the rapture of the church? I don't know. He's, but he's coming as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, the children of the day. We are not of the night nor darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Verse 9 is very important. Jesus coming for his church before the tribulation. We're going to be with the Lord in the air, in the clouds. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Now look. The rapture is going to take place. If you're here today and you hear and reject the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the understanding from the scriptures that you will, after the rapture, somehow we're going to all be gone. But your mind and your eyes are going to be so darkened that there's no way you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus. But there will be lots of folks who have never heard the gospel, lots of folks who've never been presented the gospel truth, who have not rejected Christ, who will receive Christ during the tribulation period. So the rapture of the church takes place. Then there's the tribulation, seven years. Don't get this confused. There's a lot of terminology that references the same thing, the tribulation period. The tribulation, Jesus names it for us in Matthew 24, the tribulation. The tribulation is seven years long. It's divided into two parts. There's another term for the tribulation. Daniel's 70th week. How many of you heard somebody say the tribulation and then hear Daniel's 70th week and your eyes go cross-eyed because you don't know which is which? They're the same. Daniel's 70th week is seven years of tribulation. Some people refer to 
The tribulation is the time of Jacob's trouble. It's the same as the tribulation. It's the same as Daniel's 70th week. A lot of folks refer to the first three and a half years of the tribulation as the beginning of sorrows, and it describes it well. But it's the same thing. It's the first half of the tribulation. It's the first half of Daniel's 70th week. Some people refer to the second half of the tribulation as the great tribulation. And it's true. The first three and a half years, there's a false type of peace. And in the middle of the tribulation, according to Daniel, the abomination of desolation is set up in the temple. Those two words are scary, aren't they? Don't be, don't be scared of them. Abomination. There's a lot of things that are an abomination to God. It's just awful. The temple has been rebuilt in the tribulation. There's a false Christ, an antichrist, and that temple, in the temple, the abomination of desolation. What would have been an abomination to the Old Testament temple in Moses' day? Well, here's an abomination. Someone brought a hog in and offered it as a sacrifice. That would have been an abomination. It would been awful because that was against God's law. So the abomination of the temple, we don't know exactly what it is, but it's probably some type of an idol to Babylon. It's probably some type of lewd wickedness. By the way, we live in a society that wants to place in God's house abomination. Let's not stand for it. Folks, I'll just have you know something. I love all people. I love sinners, but I hate sin. And we have to protect things that are righteous and holy and right. And there's no room for a homosexual in the pulpit of a Bible-preaching church, period. We love them. We want to love them to Jesus, but we will not accept their sin. The Bible says that in the temple there's going to be some abomination set up. An abomination of desolation. That abomination is going to bring destruction and the ultimate judgment and wrath of God from heaven on the wickedness of men in the second half of the tribulation. Now look, there's a man and his family. They got saved somewhere in the first half of the tribulation. God's going to work in their hearts. The church, we're not there. I'm ever with the Lord, not appointed to destruction. But there's a family there. It's going to happen. And God's word from 2,000 years ago to that family is found written in Matthew 24. And God looks at that man he says, Hey, it's not going to be easy. But I want you to do something. I want you to do what's right. He says, who is a wise and faithful servant? Who is a faithful and wise servant? Who is he? What's he look like? What kind of man is the man who will not... Look at what the Bible says in verse 43. What kind of man is the man that would not have... would not have suffered his house to be broken up? I've... That, phrase has jumped off the page of my Bible this week. But this man would not suffer his house to be broken up. This man would not suffer his house. To be, he would not allow it. He would not allow his house to be broken up. He would not allow the things of the world to take prominence and precedence over the things of God. 
This is the man who says, with God's help, I'm going to stand up and do what's right, even if it's difficult. A faithful and wise servant. Today's message is titled that. A faithful and wise servant. I want to be a faithful and wise servant. Now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. His disciples will not... His disciples will not face this tribulation that he's teaching them about in their lifetime. They will not. But he both sends a message to the future. It's all about the perfect, inspired Word of God. Jesus sends a message to the tribulation. that's not happened yet. And Jesus sends a message to the disciples. In the days for the, a message that would help them in the days that were ahead. And I'll just have you know something. Jesus sends a message to you and I at Chilhiah Baptist Church in 2020. Something that will help us. A faithful and a wise servant. Jesus speaks to this family. And his encouragement to them is stand up for Jesus. Choose God. Do what's right. And with them in mind, but also with the age and the day in which we live with the pressures of this world, the wickedness of sin, the difficulties of life. I pray that in our congregation today, a lot of folks, most of us who say we're saved, will hear this message and these truths and will apply them to our lives today. I think there's something for us. That's a long introduction to maybe a long message. I don't know titled this, A Faithful and Wise Servant. A Faithful and Wise Who then is a faithful and wise servant? As we do that, we're going to study this passage of Scripture together. Jesus changes his tone from a clear description of the tribulation period, and he looks at his disciples and he says, let me tell you a parable. He says, I'm going to give you something that will help you. And he says, the first thing I want to tell you in this parable is I want to tell you about a fig tree. Look, the Bible says in verse number 32. The Bible says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I want to do this, and I want to be as clear as possible. I want to present this passage of Scripture, first of all, to the family sitting here. You see them? They're sitting at the table. Three and a half years have passed, and they're beginning to feel the pressure and the abomination of desolation has been set up. And there's a man in the house who has to decide, he has to choose and do the right thing for his family. And so God sends his word to this family in the tribulation. He says, now look, when you see a fig tree that puts forth his branch, and the branch is tender and puts forth leaves, then you know summer's not. He says, here's the story. When you see that a tree is beginning to get sap, and you begin to see the leaves pop out, and fruit begin to show up. You know summer is nigh. Uh, you can see this around here. We're getting ready to get into that season. When the trees begin to bloom. When those useless Bradford pears pop out those beautiful white blooms just in time to get blown to pieces. 
How many of you don't like Bradford pears like me? I just don't like them. They're pretty, but they're just a mess. We're getting ready to see that. Well, when you see the Bradford pears begin to bloom, and then you just watch the apple trees and the, uh, these uh, beautiful trees begin to bloom and bud, and well, what do you know? Winter's about over, and summer's getting ready to happen. So Jesus just paints a simple picture. He says, when you begin to see these things happen, then you know that summer's coming. And so Jesus is sending a message ahead in the future to this family. He says, now look, wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, famine, trouble, the abomination of desolation. When these things begin to happen, beware, understand that summer's nigh, that it's about ready to happen. And so the message to the future is be prepared. When you see the signs, take note, it's getting ready to happen. Now, I want you to know something. There's not one other sign that has to take place for the rapture of the church to happen. We're not looking for signs. You're not going to be able to depict a sign. Everything that needs to happen has already happened for Jesus to come after his church. So what's the message? The message to you and I is this. A faithful and wise servant, number one, understands the brevity of life. Look what the scripture says here in our text. Verse 33. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. I've underlined my Bible, a little phrase, it is near. It is near. By the way, verse 34, the Bible says, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things shall be fulfilled. Till all these things be fulfilled. Now listen, there's a lot of confusion over that verse. They're like, well, Jesus didn't come back when the, in the disciples' time. Does this mean this isn't true? He wasn't talking to the disciples. He was telling the disciples about what's going to happen in the tribulation. And the people that are living in the tribulation, when the rapture, when the, rapture of the church happens, and the people that are living on day one of the beginning of the tribulation, the things that he talks about are going to happen in seven literal years. And that generation will see it that all these things will take place in that seven-year period and it's going to happen after the rapture of the church all right a faithful and wise servant understands the brevity of life it is near thank you for listening to keep thy heart daily keep thy heart daily is a ministry of chill baptist church in chill virginia to learn more about the ministries of chill baptist church check us out at chill if you'd like to financially support Keep Thy Heart Daily, please send your gift to Chilhowie Baptist Church, P.O. Box 838, Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319.